I had to come outside to uh, not bother the rest of the family, you know? So this is how I, I roll. Podcast has the tendency to bother the rest of the family, so that's probably a smart move. Yeah. Yeah, let me know if because there, there's a highway right here, and if it's, if it's too much sound, I can move somewhere else. But That's okay. Then I only uh, release the audio of these, so I'll just tell everybody you're, like, running through the uh, through Death Valley or something if we hear it. Yeah. <laughs> by a, a band of uh, Mad Max rebels or something. Yeah. So uh, how how's everything going, man? It's been a little bit since we Good. talked. I just uh, kind of want to use this podcast as a chance to get to know you a little more and let people know about all you've uh, all the cool shit you're into because you're you're yeah. perfect for for what we do. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, no. Uh, and if anything, uh, I hope to let your followers know that I'm 55. So the shit that you guys are doing, keep at it. You know what I mean? That's my whole goal, like training, liking fucking the weird stuff we like. You shouldn't have to end it when you enter retirement age, you know? It's a lifetime for me, man. So, and I'm proud of it. So. Well, you look fucking great for 55, man. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. That, oh, thanks. Funny. Thanks. But thanks, man. I've always, everyone's always told me that I've had, an, I have an old soul. Cause I like old shit, you know, and I, I yeah. would bring that to life in death comes lifting with classic bands and classic movies that maybe the younger people don't know about. Not that, you know, I'm yeah. anybody, but I always wanted to highlight the cool old shit before diving yeah. forward into something new. So I appreciate you for picking up on that. Yeah. It's appreciated in that. Cause in my profession and in, in just my dealings in life, it, you slowly start to lose touch with, people around you so like now when i'm working and i'm having artists bring me shit and i'm like you know it's like that scene in ghostbusters where you know uh and they're like ah, i never saw that movie or or you know and you hear that a lot like it's like i make references where you should kind of know like remember in the shining when he's being chased through the <laughs> maze and you're like nah, i never saw that movie it's like right. fuck man fuck like you know right people my age that's just you've seen it many times and you just take it for granted but the, these new generations they're sometimes clueless when it comes to shit like that. Hey, can I ask? I, I can curse, right? Fuck yeah. All right. All right. I, I tend to pepper my language a little with the bad words. So yeah, we're, yeah that's sure. me, me too. It's a bad habit or a good habit. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> I, don't. I don't trust people that don't swear. It's kind of a thing of mine. So we're good. It's a little weird, man. Yeah. It, it's way it's too weird. weird. I, always, I always point to Bill Cosby, you know? He's the comedian that never swore. And then go figure. You know what I'm saying? You, man. Yeah, same shit. <laughs> so what came first for you? I know you're a, uh, you know, based on what we talked about, you're a martial arts trainer. You were a Tough mutter guy for a while. We could talk about your videos and your whole history with that insanity. But uh, you're also a lifelong mm-hmm. heavy metal and horror freak, too. So which, uh, which came first? Well, uh, so as a little kid, uh, I loved comic books and horror uh that was my upbringing i mean i think going back to my earliest memories i would on friday so i'm from i have a you know couple brothers and a sister and i was the youngest so my parents would drop me off at my grandmother's on friday nights i'd sleep over friday nights and then saturdays i'd wake up i grew up in the like around philly like i told you bethlehem allentown so we get a lot of philly channels and new york channels and I think on Channel 17 in Philadelphia was uh, 
this horror host, his name was Dr. Shock. And he would have, he would play two back-to-back horror films. I'm a little kid, man. And every Saturday I'd wake up, I think it started at, the first one was at 1 p.m. And then the next one was at three. He'd play them back-to-back. And one was like horror theater and chiller theater. So like fucking clockwork, every Saturday, that was my, I'd hang out with my grandmother. We'd play fucking fish cards or something. And then I'd watch horror. And I, and I was weaned on like the black and white, you know, so I had the patience, you know, like kids these days, they don't have you know, black and white, they're turned off me. I fucking gobbled it up. The Revenge of the Creature, and Killer Shoes and just yeah. any, yeah. if you go back and watch Killer Shoes, it's a piece of shit. But there's a lot of movies that didn't buy, I, I watched them and I was horrified by them. Um, and I loved them, you know, so it was freaked out and it just, it just, it gets your creative juices flowing better than any comedy or it was horror that always grabbed me. And then, uh, and then I always loved comics and, and my comics even, in fact, yesterday I got the, I got a, a an oversized reprint, a, a ghost, a werewolf by night essentials, but I always read the, the horror comics. You know, I read Tomb of Dracula, werewolf by night and, and uh, Swamp Thing and uh, Man Thing and whatever it was like a monster or demon, son of Satan. I was like, just devoured it. And it was just in me, you know, it's not something that was, and I didn't have any friends who were into the same shit either. So it was just always the, the horror and the superhero sci-fi-ish shit that just, uh, and it wasn't like I was hanging on with a bunch of people like that. It was just my bag, man. And it's been that way ever since. I've never changed when it comes to, and then music, then the transition into music. Like I, I was weaned on, and if, if you see my, uh, my, my video that went viral, it, it's a lot of soul. I, I like my brothers yeah. turned me onto it. And that was in the culture back in the seventies, like, Every show, whether it was Kojak or Starsky and Hutch, it was always some type of funky soul to it. And I, and I just, that's in my blood. That's in my DNA, right? So then I was digging that. And then I started, then Kiss came around and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then that led me down the dark path. Cause that was like geared kind of towards kids, right? Kiss is like for sure. these guys in these wild superhero outfits. And, and, and Gene Simmons is a big superhero. He's a big, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not talking, I don't want to talk down to you either. Just make sure, like, I'm going to bring up shit and you just have to nod your head because sometimes I talk to people that don't know this shit, but I know you know all this. I know all this. We're but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but Gene Simmons is a big comic book geek. In fact, the, 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 I went to a comic book art school in Dover, New Jersey, Joe Kubert School, which I told you earlier. But Joe actually applied to go there when I was applying to go to that school. And this is after, I mean, Gene Simmons wanted to be a student at school because he loved comics so much. And, he wanted to, and Joe Kubert actually had to turn him down. He's like, hey, it just caused too much of a ruckus to have you taking art classes. This is this is after the unmasking. You know, this is not Kiss was kind of he had the time, you know, Gene right, Simmons. Right. So he wanted to, he wanted to become a comic artist. But anyways, the creativity of Kiss really sparked my uh, love of metal. And then, you know, it just grew from there, you know, like any. I, I, and I, I think about it, and I think what it is, is I always like monsters. Metal kind of embraced the horror, like, you know, the, the metal I like embraced the horror and stuff like that. Like my buddy, uh, was back in the 90s, I got in a car with him and he says, he had two cassette tapes. He goes, Zeppelin or Sabbath? Because you can't pick, you got to pick one. I'm like, fuck, it's Sabbath, bro. It's not even a choice, you know, like, come on. Because I knew it, I knew it. But that's that's the way it is for me. I never I always like this the devil horror side of, of music and and uh, fucking never got Zeppelin, you know. That's like Crosby Stills and Nash. 
yeah, plugged in or something. I don't know. It's, look, I, I and I might say shit that will insult people, and I don't want to insult you, You're but right. I, every now and then, like shit like that comes out of me. So I apologize. If you like Zeppelin, they're great. They're great. Don't get me wrong. But choice between Zeppelin and Sabbath, uh, I take Sabbath any day. So that's where I go. So then, and then when I became of age, started going to concerts, you know, and like I, my email I sent to you, you know, I saw, dude, my, my favorite thing I saw was I saw a Jewish priest on their point of entry tour and opening for him was um, fucking uh, Iron Maiden with Paul Diano. Killers. For the Killers tour. But what happened when it was at the Allentown Fair in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I went to, I got the, right when I got in the door, you know, you get, you buy a t-shirt. I bought a, a point of entry shirt. And I met, and I'm sitting there and then fucking made, didn't know anything about him. Nobody did. And they, Eddie, the guy came out with the Eddie mask. And I'm like, that's fucking amazing. Right. And, and I loved their sound. And I went back to the, right after Maiden played, I went back to the booth and I said, can I trade this Jews pre-shirt for the Maiden shirt? And they're like, yeah, I don't care. So I had a Killers tour shirt, or that was my fucking prized possession forever. But anyways, that was that's so cool. Dude, then I was hooked. Uh, and I seen, I, you know, I seen Ozzy on this Diary of a Madman tour. Uh, I seen uh, fucking. I just missed. Uh, he's toured Blizzard of Oz the same place the year before, but I was in junior high. I remember in a junior high wrestling room, my buddies are like, "Yeah, man, we just went to see uh, this guy Ozzy. He sang for Sabbath, and he was." Uh, uh, at the state arena and uh i was like wow that's that's great but then the next year i, I didn't go i missed that one but that was junior high so i was i was a young buck and then uh i happened to go like i said to see the men in the next year right after randy Rhodes died saw sabbath with theo uh touring for mob rules probably seen scorpions and rainbow and, you know all those old school metal that uh, one the same. and then and then go ahead so we're one and the same, all that stuff, yeah. you know, I uh, really wish I, I got to see Sabbath in the day and see Maiden on the Killers tour. Killers is one of my favorite records of all time. That's one of the ones bro, that in the metal, man. Yeah, it's like something with the piano. I, I, I lost interest in, in, in Maiden. And here again, I don't want to piss anybody off, but they just weren't. After, Number of the Beast, I love. And then after that, I was, they, it's like just pick up a history book and write some songs. And I was like, no, man, Cal Diano's, he had a motor, motorhead vibe to it. You know, it was just fucking angry and I'm talking about killers and killing. And I, I dug that more than uh rhyme of the ancient manor kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with it. Look, that's yeah. cool. I saw, yeah. I last time I saw Maiden was the somewhere in time tour. And that was when I was in, getting into hardcore punk rock. And I was like, this is a clusterfuck. It was a stadium show and they had the big inflatable spaceships and all this shit. And, you know, like a, maybe a week late, week earlier, I saw a black flag. And I'm like, I don't know, man. This is a little, a little too extravagant for me. I love, I love theatrical shit in, in, in my music and my metal, but I don't know. That went a little, that was like Spinal Tap fucking area. You know what I mean? It was a little sure. silly. Sure. How long did it take you from metal to get into like the misfits? Cause I got, I had to get into them a little bit later, but I'm glad, I'm glad I did. I went through a metal path first and then I circled back around the punk and found the misfits and you know, the rest is history. Yes. So we were, there was a radio show at a WOVR Bethlehem Lehigh mm -hmm. university and this guy, he was called the metal madman. And this is fucking, it had to be 83. I think it was. 83 no no it was probably four 84 and this guy was playing this thrash metal and it was 
it was he was playing demo tapes of 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 uh, Metallica, you know, Creeping Death and all this. All you know, before Kill 'Em All, he had like these, and then he was playing, you know, Megadeth and and, and stuff we had never heard. And I remember Nasty Savage, XXX, Death Look. So we would record that shit. I remember walking around at night, you know, like you do as young punks, and we had the cassette tape of a metal madman show. This guy. And we started really getting into the metal edge. And back then, like, it was not cool to like metal and punk at the same time and hardcore. So we were not the cool. We were like, oh, these guys are turning into metal. We just started letting our hair grow. And then bands started sliding. Like, a lot of hardcore bands started sliding. it, Like, uh, SSD, they put out an album called uh, Let Rock or, or uh, uh, How We Rock. And that got a real, like before their albums were just straight up punk and the band started transitioning and they kind of got pushed to this, like the punk community pushed it away. See, here's where I think I, I don't want to be talking down to you because you probably know what I'm talking about. But but it became a thing like like suicidal, suicidal tendencies. We were, were like, wow, what is fucking, there's guitar, there's lead, there's like guitar solos. Like this shit is fucking whack. But sure. I was eating it up, you know, because I came from a metal background, started getting into punk. Then I found out about fucking Venom and then it was over. Like, I'm like, this shit is great. And the punk rock is still great too. So, uh, so that's where, 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 uh, where we can. And I remember going to gigs. We used to go to punk rock shows and then I'd get out my old Iron Maiden shirts and all these old metal shirts. And we go to gigs and they were like, look at those fucking metal heads. We did it as a troll, but partly as like, fuck you. We can like both, you know? Uh, but that's the way the scene was really divided back then. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, Love yeah. it all, but yeah, yeah. Misfits and Meta Misfit. I mean, right for us, like that's what the Death and Breaking is one of the fucking best songs, and then that's what really dragged the, the name of your your shit. Just like this guy knows his shit. Thank you. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Yeah, and that's the, and the Misfit song. Yeah, yeah, it's one. It's one of the best. Um, but yeah, I saw the Misfits a shit ton of times. I saw Sam Hayes. I saw oh fuck, a big old truck coming by. So oh, that's okay. It was audio, but uh. Yeah, I saw I saw uh, Misfits a bunch of times. I even liked the Michael Graves era, you know. Me too, uh, man. Yeah, it was good pop and shit. I think I think even like Jerry Jerry only got a little fucking whack. With it. I, I heard some stories about him. I try not to get too deep into the weeds, but like, I don't care about this fucking strife between those guys and all like that. So I'm not a big about gossip. I just you know put out good music and I'll and I'll rock to it. So. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Michael Graves stuff and uh, the, the, the early Misfits. I mean, I even saw them in their, their arena, you know, they just did, did out here. You know, the last did you see them on that tour? Oh, dude, uh, the reunion shows have been great. Yeah, I saw three of them. That's oh, really? Yeah, that's that's the venue they need. I think like that, it's beautiful in that that's the kind of way they should be presented with the big fucking the visuals behind them and shit. Like Green Hell. How crazy was that seeing the fucking green lights? Fucking boom, 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 boom. oh my god. It was perfect. It was perfect. But anyways, no, I saw them. I you know, because I, I work in both East Coast and West Coast a lot. So I saw Misfits on Halloween at, at on 42nd Street in New York. I saw them on Halloween twice out here, I believe, in LA. I saw them. And I always happen to go. And then I, the, my favorite show I saw was when Sam Hain reunion. Because I love Sam Hain. Some of the, I think, I, I think November Coming Fire. This is my opinion, but I think November Coming Fire is the best shit that Dan's put out. I, I, you know, I fucking that's 
every track is a fucking scorcher. But he uh, uh, he came on on on. Uh, it was two thousand and one or yeah, I'm trying to remember. It was out here in, at, at the Palladium in L.A. and he came out. He, it was a Danzig show, but then the second set he came out with the Sam Hain reunion. So he had like London May, London and Steve Zing. They all came back. Like, so they did, you know, his typical, I don't know what album he was touring. Maybe I can't even remember what album was out of Danzig at that time. They went backstage, had a little intermission, came back out. And this is on November 1st, bro. The actual date of Sam Hain, you know, Sawin, right? right. Sawin. And he came, they came out drenched in blood, you know, shirtless, drenched in blood. And they did like an all edition. I remember writing it down. I had a, I was such a nerd. I still am. But I was writing down on a post-it, like every fucking song he did. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, he's doing unholy passion. Holy shit, he's doing. And it, it, uh, yeah, that was my favorite time I saw that whole Mr. Danzig kind of vibe. But I saw Danzig solo a bunch of times. I saw Misfits a bunch of times. And, uh, the, the worst time I saw Danzig, I think I saw him again at BB Kings on 42nd. I don't even think that club's still there, but it's in New York City. And uh, he, he, it was Jerry singing. And I think he had Dez playing uh, guitar. Dez from Black. Yeah, and he had his green makeup on. Robo and, Robo and Michael Graves were gone. And um, yeah, I was, but I, 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 I went because I love Balzac. I don't know if you heard of Balzac. They're like, they came out on Misfits Records. It's a Japanese band. They sing, they sing in Japanese. I think they have one song in English. Balzac, I fucking dug, man. They sound a lot like the Misfits, like early Misfits. They're fucking, they're like, and they dress in the old bone shit and have, they all have devil locks. But check out Balzac, B-L-A. Oh, I know Balzac, right? Yeah, okay. I love we, we have everything in common. You know what's up. I just want the people to know that you know what's up instead of <laughs> coming right out with the with the tough mutter and stuff like that. Oh, I, right on. I wanted to establish I, your roots firmly in the hardcore yeah. heavy metal history that we love out there. Yeah, I could talk this shit for hours. Sorry if I ramble. If I ramble, like hold up your hand and then I have oh, to shut I my mouth because I could fucking – I don't talk to people like you all the time, bro. I go to work and I work with normal people. Yeah, and it fucking sucks. Man. I love that's talking about man. And that's what, you know, that's the most meaningful thing about having this is hearing that, right? Like just creating mm -hmm. this community of like-minded people. Cause how many people in your local area, anybody out there listening, their local area are super into fitness yet, super into heavy metal yet, super into horror movies, but maybe one other guy, maybe your boy, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, but, but having this and getting able to talk to you and everyone talk to each other is what this is about. We're giving a place for the misfits to be healthy, you know? So yeah talking to you man just like this means everything yeah great yeah. It, so my point being ramble on that's no that's no worries and mm -hmm. that wasn't a led zeppelin reference either that was <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, for me though where do you stand on um on death metal because i know you're you're you know as we established you're a little bit older than me but yeah i was you know growing up in the late 90s early 2000s when death metal was really emerging and that's when my yeah. love for, you know, one of the first horror movies I ever remember watching with my grandma was Evil Dead 2. And, you know, the, the whole splatter thing, everything going on and just seeing that. And then without even really liking the music, just looking at the art for death metal or looking at, you know, 
Destroyer was one of the first albums I ever bought. So I started with Kiss and Alice Cooper. And then that naturally led into like Rob Zombie and Cannibal Corpse because that shit just like looked like a horror movie. So I, I fell right into the death metal trap and then kind of circled back on some older bands later. Sounds the same. Yeah. The same shit. Yeah. yeah, like death. Yeah. Scream bloody gore but, and all that shit. Yeah. As far as death metal, like, so, and, and I, this is my advice to you when you get older, like you can't be this guy that pisses on anything that comes. So like death metal, that's obviously seems like it would be after my time of really getting into metal, but you stay current. Like I, I, I still try and search out bands, but in my DNA, like I, if I'm going to go put on something, just pop something on, it might be old metal, you know, Mm -hmm. or it might be, you know, hardcore. So I don't, I don't go to this, but you see, if you check my Instagram, you know, like, you know, I, I went to that Lords of Chaos premiere, you know, so I dig like Mayhem and I like all this metal, the Norwegian shit. Like I dig it. Uh, I have buddies that are so deep into it. And they tell me like he sent me like what ain't like, my buddy goes to fucking Norway. He's gone to that fucking record shop where they uh, have that yeah. little shit in the basement. And he, yeah. so I have buddies that are so deep into it. And I dig it. I dig it. It's just that, like, it doesn't grab me by the fucking balls and go, this is what you need. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just not coded in my DNA, right? But I fucking love it. I love it. I, I'll tell you who my, like, I do, there's new bands that I, I really dig. Uh, my favorite fucking band right now, and it's like, it comes up like your Spotify or your uh, iTunes shows you how much you listen to the most. And like, by far, the band I listened to most last year was uh, Midnight. Midnight, I oh, yeah. I can't get... I was just listening to them right before you called. All right, we talked. Midnight, I... Fought, so for some reason, fucking Athnar. And I saw them guys out here with a band. Uh, dude, it's one of the craziest best shows. But, you know, those guys, theatrics a little bit with their little hoods. You don't know okay. their name, their real name. And that's my favorite shit. Like, it's just... Because it's not... All right, so... I don't want to offend. I'm going to offend a lot of people, probably 90% of the audience, but I, it's, that, that cookie monster voice shit, it, it doesn't, I get it. I get it, but it's not my go-to shit. And you could make that argument about, about uh, uh, midnight, but they sound, midnight sounds a little more like Abad- like venom kind of sound. Sure. They got, midnight took the place of what venom kind of left off. You know what I mean? Definitely. So I, that's my new jam. I don't know if you cool. consider it death metal. I, I don't yeah, know. Man. But I, I like the whole, I like the whole, look, I, Satan and metal. I'm in, I'm in. You already, you're already better than fucking Britney Spears or whatever kind yeah, of bullshit. Yeah. So, so I don't not like, so I, I just want to make that clear. Definitely. But uh, yeah. I just Otherwise, always, and I'm with you too. It took me a while to get with the vocals, but I always like just horror movie come to life vibes of the yeah. death metal more so than like the satan shit which is all which is cool too but uh yeah just being so into horror from such a young age that's where i kind of fell into it have you heard have you heard of lordy you know lordy oh, l-o-r-d-i yeah. yeah they're um i saw them uh in new york like 2002 or something which is rare because they you know they're from uh, finland and they actually won that stupid eurovision uh music competition it's like american idol over there but they actually won but those guys they have a great video if you haven't seen a blood, blood red sandman uh it's it's basically a fucking metal version of evil dead it's so well shot it's shot like a film it's fucking beautiful if anybody that listens to this 
just Google Lordi, L-O-R-D-I, Blood Red Sandman. You won't be disappointed. If you like the Evil Dead and you like oh, rock yeah. and roll, it's more rock and roll. They're, they're not death metal. I don't you think that I think that's death metal by any chance. They're, they're more like Kiss, you know? Because yeah, I've had friends that listen to them and they go, God, this isn't the sound I expected. It's more like rock and roll. But Dude, I love they dress. Them. I love early rock and roll. I'll defend Kiss till my dying day. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still love Kiss. I love all that shit. Sabbath is my favorite band ever, so we're, we're good. Have you we're seen good. Sabbath? Uh, well, have you seen Kiss lately? Uh, just, the last time I saw Kiss was the tour they did with Motley Crue. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that the last one. time I saw it. Yeah, they're fucking great. You know, so you're a PA boy. Where did you go to see him? Because it might have been the same. I think, no, you know what? I, I think I went to first. Park. That makes sense. Hershey. Yeah, Hershey I went to Fergus Town. They have the, the uh, post, uh, you know, Star Lake Pavilion. Everyone calls it. Okay. Around here. Yeah. Have you ever? Did you ever come down to Pittsburgh, being close to Philly for shows, or did you always just stick to like no. town Philly? You never came down here. Yeah, there was enough. You know, if I did travel, it'd be to New York or Trenton, Cigar and Bad Brains. Yeah, shit like that. But uh, never. Yeah, we'd always go the opposite direction. So. Thanks. Makes sense. We always, and not a lot of shows ever come to Pittsburgh, especially back in the day. I hear the same. So you, we, we would travel to you more so, but you know, mm -hmm. if, if we did come down here, that'd be interesting. Yeah. No, no, we did go. I, I did see a lot. Like, like I said, I saw in 85, we saw the bad brain, which they were at the height of the power back then. They That's were the fucking, shit, holy smokes. It was, it was one of the most energetic. It was the most energetic, crazy, awesome shows I've ever seen. Uh, Bad brains. I saw I saw Black Flag in '85. That was at a small little place. That was cool. They were torn the loose nut for. So those are like the big punk rock shows. Like I saw Circle Jerks too back in those days. I forget what else. Oh, they were torn for. Um, what's the one? Uh, the the heavy metal weekend. But I don't know. It's a wonderful. I forget the name of the album, but uh, yeah. That's cool. I love the bad. I sometimes I watch old bad brains live videos before I work out just to get jacked up and be like, if this dude can put this much energy into this show, I can go for a fucking run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you seen him lately? It's so sad. It it's, is I sad, think, man. Yeah. And you know what? I met, I came out. He, there was an album uh, or a movie, uh, Finding HR. Uh, this guy put up a documentary. That's what's happening a lot. Like, there's a lot of books and documentaries about punk and like I, I devour them all. But, um, the, the HR came out and, he, and he did, they showed the movie in it and they talked to him and, and I got a picture with him and my son and he signed a poster and shit, but he's just smiling. And I actually, they were asking questions, you know, it was a and a after the movie. And I noticed that Daryl and Dr. No, the guitarist and the bass player weren't in the, the documentary. And, you know, you know, if you ever gone to a and a you know, like, okay, any more questions? I'm like, like HR sitting there, I want to. I might as well just stand up. And I, and I just asked us, "Hey, does um, does uh, I didn't. I noticed that H, uh, Daryl and and Doctor yeah. Nolan in this movie. I mean, is there any problem?" And, they, and he's like, "No, they give their blessing or blessings, jaw, you know." And then he's all sure. smiles and blah, gave me just uh, whatever. He's all he's just on another realm now, you know. He's, Really He's a cool. fucking wild dude. Yeah, but like, in concert, like, he just stands there. He doesn't move. Like, I saw him, last time I saw him in concert was, he, he was wearing, like, this sparkly robe. It was at the House of Blues out here, which is closed. And this is, like, a, 2001 or something. And he was wearing, like, a sparkle robe. Like, it looked like a Ric Flair fucking robe or something. And he was just smiling. He didn't move. 
Like he wasn't doing his backflips and anything. Like he was just yeah, he was a shell of himself. Yeah. That's a shame, man. But hey, what can you do? He's he had his time, you know. He did. He did. And he crushed it and influenced way more people than any we can only hope to. So where that's his path, I guess, man. I hear you, bro. That's uh want to get into your uh your fitness history and everything that get going on there. When did uh when did that begin for you? You know, just um, getting yeah. out in general. So, you know, I was always an active kid, you know. I'm one of those dads that go, you know, get off the fucking computer, video game, go outside, you know, like, because that's the way I was raised, you know. That's it's just the way we were. Because we, look, I'm not saying I was better. I'm just saying I didn't, we didn't have television and video games when I was growing up. So we were forced to go out. Like, we couldn't, we didn't have a 24-hour cartoon network, you know. Yeah. I bet if I did, I probably would have sat on my fat ass, but I didn't. So we were always running around doing shit and getting in trouble and fucking playing pick up stickball baseball and uh so i was always active and i as I, I wrestled a little bit but then i started getting out of it I, like I, it might have been the influence of metal and then weed came in i learned about weed in like 10th grade and and then if you so, ever watch that freaks and geeks like i started becoming the freak it's like instead of the geek you know and I, and I started like not liking jocks like I was like, why, why would I hang out with these guys? These guys seem a lot cooler. So I started getting away from physical. I was skateboarding, though. I was always a skateboard punk. Like, so that always kept me in shape, you know? And, uh, you know, that was our mode of transportation when we were kids. So that was my really little bit of kid sports. And skateboarding kept me physically active. And, and with, so with wrestling. Physically active kids is yeah. the message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but no, I you know for wrestling I, I would I would lift weights you know to be stronger. Not knowing what I was doing, I remember I made this fucking rope thing. I put it around my I'm like wrestlers have big necks, so I made a rope thing and put it around my neck and put weights here and I lift it. Not knowing what I was doing, I was probably straining my back and this rope is digging into my neck. But I you know you see Rocky or something, you're like all pumped. I'm gonna get fucking ripped. That's so right. I was always kind of experimenting when I was a kid about with weight and and physical fitness, and then. Then it kind of just fell to the side, but I was always active. I'd go to gyms. I was a little bit of a gym rat, you know, going to uh, hit the Nautilus machines and shit. So I never, ever, ever left physical fitness. Never. It was always in my blood. Cool. And then um, I think it became when I turned 40, I was like, I'm going to run a marathon. I want to set a goal. And I, I, I never, I had never ran. I ran a 5K like one time. And I remember I was working in New York City at the time. And my buddy's like, I said, yeah, I have this marathon scheduled for September. It was at Philly. I was going to run the Philly marathon. And he says, uh, don't you run like a half marathon first or 10K? And I'm like, I don't know. This is all new to me. And I bought a book, how to train for a marathon and just set out a schedule for me. Not knowing nothing. And I was like, all right, I'm going to follow the schedule. And I ran, I followed the schedule. It was, I don't know how many weeks it was. I just threw out 16. I can't remember. And I followed it and ran it. And I ran, I ran about four and a half hours, you know, 435, which I tried to stay under 10 minute miles. Right. So I, I want to stay under a 10 minute mile. And I was there up until like mile 20. And that's the wall that everybody talks about. Yeah. Uh, and I hit it right around the scoop hill. Like, I remember where I hit it, like around that boathouse row. And I was like, fuck, I'm, I don't know what's going on, but I'm because they had a timer at every mile. And then I started dropping and dropping. But anyways, that was that was 
good. And that, that just, as soon as I ran it, I'm like, I want to do it again. I want to do more. Uh, and then I started entering more races and, uh, uh, there was, a, there was a half marathon in Allentown that I would run every year. And each year I tried to beat my time and I did. And the fastest I ever got is I got an hour and 48, which is every, there's a lot of people probably watching laughing. That's, I think it was under 10. If you do the math, that's half marathon, 13.1 miles. So, uh, it was good for me. Like it was the best I've ever gotten. And then found out about tough mother. And I just liked these things that I liked being un, like unknown. Like, oh, fuck, this is kind of scary. You know, like this is where like martial arts, was, you know, getting in you know, sparring and, and okay. fights and stuff. It was always like, I could get fucked up. Like, I want to do it. Like, I don't know if that's something stupid in me, but, you know, so like it was advertised as like the most toughest obstacle course in the world. And it was the first event they ever held. It was in Emmaus, Pennsylvania. They, so, and it was, that's, you know, a good, like, 40 minute drive from where I live. So I'm like, all right, let's try this. It's, who knows? Oh, it could be crazy. And it wasn't, it was kind of, it was the, the, the toughest part of it was, it was on a ski slope. It was on like blue mountain. No, not blue mountain. Uh, Dome mountain or something. I can't remember one of these ski slopes in the summer. And you got to run up a black diamond hill, you know? So that was, that was brutal. Uh, but anyways, did that. And then I fell in love and then I made my video, which, which went semi-viral. Uh, you know, it has like two and a half, two and a half million. If, if your people want to search, um, tough mutter mustache, man, you'll see it. I'll try to shave a mustache to this too, for sure. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's a fun video. I just made it. So, you know, I don't know if we'll talk about it, but I, I, I direct cartoons for a living. Right. So I know how to pace things. I know how to spice shit together and, and, um, I think that's what, and I wanted to just make a fun training video, uh, not to show off anything, not, I don't have a fucking ego. It's not that I want to make an entertaining video and I shave and I grow my, I shave into a mustache and kind of kept a little humor to it. And, uh, it, it took off and then I, Tough Mudder reached out to me and then I started working with them. They wanted me to promote, help do shit. So I did a little bit of promo for the for them for free like i never it wasn't about it it was just that i loved the brand and i did a, uh you know like maxim magazine I, I went to their office and ran with those guys there's there's a funny video it's not i i didn't post it maxim posted it but if you search uh uh mustache man maxim you know uh i don't even think maxim's around anymore you know it was that bikini girl magazine but yeah uh but the i went to their office now so <laughs> I Sorry, man. I don't know what happened. Yeah, no problem. Government interference. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> but um, yeah, what was I saying? So, so I, I went to Maxim offices and it was filmed a little bit of comedy with the guy who runs the CEO of Tough Mudder. Uh, we did a little shit there. I they flew me to Vancouver to do a little promo on their like 
good morning America kind of thing. It's like good morning Vancouver or good morning Canada or something, you know. And sure. Anyway, I did a, did a bunch of weird shit uh, to promote Tough Mudder. The craziest thing I did was I was flown to uh, Lake Tahoe. No, this is when I was living out east. Uh, and I flew to Lake Tahoe to do a Tough Mudder with this host of this uh, Japanese variety show. Uh, it's called like Story of the... I can't even remember. It's, it's in Japanese and the translation is kind of wonky. Uh, I can't remember, but it's when, it's when the, 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 the host like presents his video or, and then they'll have the little inset circles of people looking and watching what's going on and the way they edit it. Like I was the American guy. So I had like a, you know, my mustache and I was always, I was always kissing my muscle like a fucking wrestler and stuff. And, and they loved my American shit. They wanted me to be more like the American Chuck Norris kind of guy. And I ran this Tough Mudder up and down Lake Tahoe with this guy and that aired. I, I, I actually cut it and aired it. I mean, I put it on my site and then I got a cease and desist from uh, like Toho TV or whoever aired it. Like they're like, you can't use this. As Japanese people came down on this. So I had to take it down. Okay. I, think I'm, I think part of it might still be on my Vimeo because I didn't, I didn't find it on my Vimeo. I have it. Anyways, it did some fun. Basically, what I'm saying is I did some fun shit with Tough Mudder for a while. Yeah, uh, that's cool. And then they, um, uh, I started just not doing doing less and less. And because uh, I have another career in, in cartoons, and I, like I have a real career, I didn't didn't want to make physical fitness. Oh, and then the Mustache Man, I had a website. See, it's kind of like you. Like you do the same shit. Like I, I was posting up workouts, and I was I had a blog going, and uh, I kind of, it's just, I get it. I love it. And I, I love that you love it. it. It's just, it wasn't my calling. It was, seemed like more of like, I don't want to do this. People are asking me all these questions about diet and exercise and training and, and all these different muscle groups. And I'm like, I don't know, man, I just fucking run and lift weights. And I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not a personal trainer, you know, although I did get some shitty online personal thing, but I mean, I always love working out, but I'm not the, the guru guy. I don't know. I don't care what you eat. I don't care if you eat fucking chicken or you're vegan. I don't care. Like, I, I'm a, it's weird. Like, I kind of, I'm a, I'm a guy who leans left, you know, liberally, socially mainly. But when it comes to training, I'm a full-on righty. Like, do it. I don't give a fuck. Like, if you're, if you're fat, then do something about it. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a handhold. I'm the worst handholder. Like if someone comes to me crying, this is, I'm telling you, this is a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Like it might be a good thing. I'm like, well, need that. yeah, I'm like, stop crying. I don't, I don't know. Do, do Cause I look at things. If you look at things globally, like somebody crying about know, being bullied online, look at these poor fucks that are living in impoverished countries, bro, get over yourself. Like, I don't know. Like I always think about, you don't have it bad compared to, a good 20% of the, the world. Like, oh, of course. <laughs> it's, it's like that white people. It's like, so I get, I get this full on like righty, righty fucking attitude. Like, uh, and it's bad. And I, and I knew, I knew I couldn't see when I ran a martial arts school too, I did the same thing. I remember this lady came into me and I had kids classes at my school. And then I also had, I didn't like teaching. I just did it because it was money. That was fine. But, uh, and this lady brought her kids in and she's like eh, i don't know i don't know why should i tell me why i should bring my kids here i go i don't 
I don't think he should. I told her, I said, I said, you know what? There's, uh, if you get home, you can go watch the people's court starts at seven or whatever. I'm like, you know, you can just go home right now and you won't even have to pay. Or so I just fucking like, my wife is looking at me like, what are you fucking dumb? Like you just kicked these possible. I don't, I don't, I don't want to fucking have to beg these people. You know, I was a terrible gym owner. I, I didn't make money. I kicked people. Out. You know, like not kick, actually one guy. <laughs> I did. Dude, I, I did kind of not not boot him out, but he was just like, "Hey, this uh, Tang Sudo place opened up three blocks." I'm like, "Yeah, you should go." And he's like, "Oh, okay, I will." And he went. Guy sucked. I'm a better teacher. I know that. Guy came back. I'm like, well, "You can't come back. Go back to that guy." You know, like I don't know. See, that's bad business. I'm a bad business, I'm a horrible business guy. Uh, I am too. So, trust me. I just <laughs> got lucky with a cool with a cool audience and a, and a niche that will yeah. come to me and, and work with me. I'm very much like that too, man. I mean, a lot of people want a fancy answer. They want this. They want their handheld. But I'm very much like, just fucking do something, and that's a whole lot yeah. better than where you are now. Then we'll talk, you know. And that, that usually yeah. goes a long way. Yeah. But anyway, so go ahead. Uh, I was going to say you uh, you got certified under um, for martial arts under uh yeah. one the only teacher left alive that's that teaches bruce lee's uh is it jeet kundo yeah jeet kundo yeah so was that? what was that like for you so yeah this is so i've always uh i've been a big martial arts guy for uh since my 20s i don't know yeah, let me say this out front like i've been doing it for a long time and i swear to you right now i cannot tell you how long it's been a long time because the people that if you if you talk to somebody and they say, oh, I've been doing martial arts for 47 years and then the next year, they'll tell you 48 years. Like if you're fucking thinking that how long you've done it makes you badass, it's untrue. Don't believe anybody. That's a bunch of shit because people can they actually can learn for a year or two and then just repeat themselves for the next 40, 50 years. Right. Uh -huh. You're just not you're not a true how many years you've done it does not mean a thing. I can train. I've trained a long time. Right. I, like I said, I couldn't tell you how many years because I don't care that shit, but I can start training a kid. And I have, I've done this. I've trained a guy in grappling guy could kill me now, wipe me out. Several people that I've trained now there and within a span of like two, three years. So it doesn't mean shit. You're not a badass because you've been doing it longer. There's guys that are just, they're just physically like, it's just in their blood and they can be the best martial artist. And uh, so, yeah, I've been doing it a long time. And I started, I think, in, in, in my 20s in um, like shitty kung fu, like a white dragon kung fu. It was just silly stuff. And I, and I started because I love Bruce Lee. Like I grew up watching Bruce Lee movies. And, you know, I always knew his he was more than just an actor. And, oh, yeah. And then. Um, yeah. Oh, he's a, he's one of he's a great philosopher. And, I, and to this day, I swear. I get life lessons from him, you know, just looking at his writings and stuff. So anyways, uh, so Bruce Lee was always my guy. And then, and then, uh, so I was doing this shitty Kung Fu for a couple of years. And then uh, uh, Guru Dan and Asano, he would do these, um, these Bruce Lee's last remaining, uh, Bruce Lee made three, three instructors while he was alive. And uh, uh, one of them was Guru Dan and Asano. The other guy, Taki Kimura, who just died like a couple weeks ago, he was actually older than Bruce. He was old. He was, when Bruce started training him, he was in his 40s, Taki Kimura, Taki, and then uh, James Lee. And James Lee passed away back then too, like in the 70s. Uh, so there are only three people that are really certified under Bruce Lee, right? 
Uh, and there's tons of other people that trained with Bruce Lee and then they have this lineage with him and they, now they're instructors, but Bruce never made them instructors. That's the truth about Jeet Kune Do. I can, there's a lot of online arguments about it. But anyways, so I, when I trained with Guru Dan in Asanto, when he came out to, it was in Jersey, in Princeton, New Jersey, I was like, I was in way over my head. You know, I'm doing all these crazy crane beak strikes and this guy's just showing like straight crosses. Damn. I'm like, I, I was blown away. I'm like, and, and trapping, a lot of hand trapping and shit. And I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. I, so you can either go one way. You can go, fuck that. I'm going back to my comfort zone or dive right in and start trying to figure out what's wrong with you. And, 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 and so that's what I did. I dove in and I was just like, I would drive. Every week I drive to Princeton. It was an hour and a half one way. I drive to take classes in Princeton, New Jersey under a guy who's certified under Guru Dan and Asanta. So I started learning Muay Thai and I started learning Silat and Kali, you know, the sticks. And I started learning all this shit. I drive. I did that for a couple of years. Uh, and then I started getting into Kali stick fighting and we, and I fought in, I became part of the team, a stick fighting team. We flew to Chicago and fought in the nationals there. Uh, so anyways, I, I just dove in feet first. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I really got into uh, the grappling. And this is before grap BJJ wasn't even a word back then, you know. And then I found out about the UFC. Uh, I started watching UFC, like UFC 2. Or no, 3. I got 1 and 2 on video cassette, And then when 3 came, I mean, I was watching 3 live, you know. Sure. Uh, so that became my new jam. And then uh, an opportunity in 96 came for me because I'm an artist and I went to art school and uh, I was offered a job in, in out here, California to work on the Jumanji cartoon, which was uh, just coming out. The movie had come out. I never saw the movie. I still haven't. But uh, it, so I started working on the Jumanji cartoon, but I really took it knowing that I can go to Guru Dance in Asano's school. Like personally, I can train right at his school instead of going to one of his students. So that's what I did. So basically where I was training from 96 on was, uh, it was basically Bruce Lee's school. Cause, cause, cause so Bruce didn't teach, like he was an actor, right? So he wasn't always there. So his teacher, when he was acting or doing all this stuff was in Asanto. So I would train directly under Guru Dan Asanto. Every day I'd walk into that school just blown away. Cause we had like the original signage from Bruce's Chinatown school. We had, I mean, all the shit, like a lot of the mukjong, the, the wooden dummies were actually shit that were in Bruce Lee's school back in the day. You know, it was so I was just in heaven and I stayed there years and years. I became an instructor under Guru Dan. He made me instructor in. So it's Junfan. Bruce Lee's name is his real name is Lee Junfan. Uh, so I became an instructor in uh, Junfan Gung Fu. And because um, there's no Kune Do isn't a thing. It's like a concept, right? Yeah. That's the way Bruce Lee wanted to set forth Jeet Kune Do. It's not like, this is Jeet Kune Do. This is what it is. Bruce hated that, right? He, he, your Jeet Kune Do, like Zach's Jeet Kune Do is different than my Jeet Kune Do, right? You can, like, you may like that bow stab. You might like cracking people over the head with that bow stab. You don't. Like, let's say I, I'm, I'm more of a short stick guy. That's good. You're still doing your, your Jeet Kune Do. So that's the whole concept of Jeet Kune Do. So if people say they're Jeet Kune Do instructors, it's not it's kind of not true. And, and Guru Dan doesn't really give out those instructorships. He gives out instructorship in Junfang Gung Fu. I'm an instructor on the uh, Kali uh, 
which is like stick fighting, but it's really way more than stick fighting if you want to get into it. I don't want to bore everybody, but it's, oh, sure. it's flexible weapons. It's flexible weapons. It's, it's all kinds of shit. Uh, it's empty hands, uh, Tukin. So, and then uh, at the school, you could take classes. Like I said, it's a class in Silat, which I'm also an instructor in Silat, which is a little more uh, uh, exotic, if you want, you want to say. As far as practical stuff, I don't know if it's as practical, but it's fun, you know. Uh, and then uh, I, I started training under uh, Sabat, which is a French kickboxing art. And uh, I, I, with this guy, uh, Nikolai, and he's a great guy. We started training privately with him. And he be I became a silver glove under him, which is the lowest level of instructor level. Uh, so I'm an instructor in Sabat. Uh, Muay Thai. Muay Thai is my favorite. Like, that's my go-to stand-up. So I'm an instructor in Muay Thai under uh, uh, Arjun Chai Sirisut. So I got into Muay Thai. And uh, let me think, is that everything? Oh, shoot wrestling is, so that was the early, so shoot wrestling, uh, shooto, uh, I, I was a professional level under Yori Nakamura, who's a, so this is like early, early MMA, like MMA. So shoot wrestling, it's kind of like, it's your Brazilian jiu-jitsu-ish stuff, but it's got stand-up kick throws. So it's standing, uh, stand-up fighting, throwing, and, and, and grappling. And when you fight, so I fought uh, quite a few amateur fights too. And you're judged three criteria. You're judged who won the fight, who won the punching, kicking, who won the, the throwing and who won the grappling. Uh, so that's the way those fights were judged. Um, and, and keep in mind, like when I was out there competing, uh, MMA was illegal in, in California. It was illegal everywhere. Like so many places. Uh, this is the early days of UFC. This is before Dana White owned the company. And, you know, Senator John McCain called it human cockfighting. Oh, and, uh, and, and he tried to get it all shut down. I wrote him a fucking letter, man, John McCain. This is way back. Like, this is the early days of UFC. I never write. I've never written a congressman ever since or before. But I just, like, got out the paper. I was so mad because he was trying to ban something that I love so much. And we used to go, like, back in the day, like, when, when we fought, um, we fought, like, they were kind of, like, illegal tournaments because you can't get insurance for MMA. Nobody really knew what it was back then. So it was really gym fights. Uh, and uh, yeah, and that's how we, uh, my training progressed there. I, and I always say, if you're a martial artist, if you're going to do kata, great, but you're never really going to know if your shit's working if you don't get in and spar it with somebody and, and really train it. Like I can punch the air and look like a pro, but then put another person in front of me. I mean, how's your shit working now? If it works, great. And if it doesn't, find why and get it to really work. Now, look, there's people that do Tai Chi, and that's wonderful. It's great. You move, at least you're moving your body, you know, which is one thing. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm all about physical exercise, you know. Absolutely. I'm all about punching, even if you just got to punch a bat. And, and there's also reasons, like, people, I get people ask me, well, what kind of martial arts should I take? I always say, like, well, what do you want out of it? Do you just want, you just want to look cool? Because then if you want to look cool, and that's fine. If you want to look cool, then take like, you know, Silat or a, a flowery Kung Fu. Like Kung Fu is cool, badass looking, right? Right. Uh, and if you want to if you want to get a hard workout, you know, I don't know. There's some karate's that can bust your ass, you know. Kyoko Shinkai is a really tough style. That's a good style of kung, uh, a karate, you know. Um, so it depends on what you want. If you want to really be a fighter or if you want weaponry. There's great forms of weaponry, um, you know, and I'll give you my opinion on all of them. So I like, and 
I heard you say this on one of your podcasts, and Ryan. There's a lot of things you said, dude. I really dig your shit. Like you said something like, <laughs> "You're like, I like to be good at a lot of things, but I'm a master of none." That's something, and that's pretty much my philosophy. That's that's where I'm at. Like, look, I can I can work a knife. Like I can know how I can know knife defense. I can use stick. When you use a stick, like it's basically that could be a bat or that could be a pipe or anything. So I know how to defend against that. I know how to grapple. I'm a fairly decent grappler. Uh, you know, my throwing, uh, punching and striking and kicking. Yeah, uh, dude, that's my gym. I mean, I love Muay Thai. There was just a gym. I just, before COVID, I was at this Muay Thai gym. Uh, fucking love Muay Thai. That's my favorite art. It's a little hard. Like, I think I'm starting to see the, the inadequacies of my physicality. You'll start to notice. And I, and I pray it doesn't happen to you till much later in your life. But like, there's times where, I, you know, I feel it. I feel like, oh, that didn't work. Like that's my body's starting to slow down, so I'm going to start to get more into grappling. I don't want to. I don't want to ever stop because I love it so much. Yeah, don't stop. But hard, hard style. Yeah, but not like hard style. But Muay Thai is a hard style. You know what I mean? Let's face it. You know, so. But but. But um, yeah. So anyway, I had a school. I opened it in. So I was working in. Well, I left California in '01. Um, to go back east uh, to to pretty much just make a career of martial arts. And I opened up a school in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I ran it for a few years. And I think I previously told you how shitty of a businessman I was. So it just, I was just making enough to cover the lease. And we were just suffering, suffering, suffering. And I'm like, I got to do something. Uh, You know, even doing privates on the side. It just... I don't know. And I got all this advice from other like karate school. They're like, you know what? Focus on the kids, man. The kids are what make money. I'm like, that's not why I want to have a gym. And, and, and then after that, so Brazilian jiu-jitsu just started making it, it started getting a little popular. And then you had guys that were like under the Gracie family, you know, moving into a town over. And I'm like, why would you, if you're looking for grappling, would you take Japanese shoot wrestling by a guy who certified under Yori Nakamura? or some guy who's running the Gracie banner. I'm like, people are going to turn to Gracie. And I'm like, this is, I understand who I am. Like I got a good, I know myself. Bruce Lee says being honest with oneself is one of the hardest things to do. And it totally is. And so I kind of know my place and I'm like, it's just not, I don't have it in me to make this a business. I love teaching, but it's not a business thing for me. So I kind of just let it go. And then I started working it. I got an offer to work in, in Manhattan. So I would commute to Manhattan every day. And I, and I was uh, directing on a preschool show, uh, some fucking garbage, Maya and Miguel. Preschool, I think mindless shit. But it, it was a good paycheck and it, it, it got me out of the gutter. Well, and I stayed good. in animation. Yeah, so I stayed in animation and, and, and always, um, that's where I made my money. And then uh, I started working freelance on a lot of shows. Then I started freelancing for like Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers and just, shit you know just storyboarding from pennsylvania and then uh and then i flew back and i came back here because i was i was offered a show on a prime time thing so that's i came back but i still teach like i had a little group i would teach on weekends saturdays just didn't try you know just we go to i teach them stick fighting and muay thai and you know trapping junfan whatever you know, whoever wanted to train, I just trained him free because it was something I liked and it kept me physically active, you know. Oh, yeah, man. So that's, that's cool, man. 
That's what I, I, I like about you because you're, you're well-rounded. You have the race stuff. You have the Tough Mudder stuff. You have the gym rat stuff. You got the martial arts stuff, very much like myself. Jack of all trades, master of none is what, is what I said. And uh, yeah. practical. And what I really love from looking into your mustache man stuff is, and it's very important to what we do here too, is you don't take yourself too fucking seriously. And that's what I hate about most fitness companies and fitness personalities on the internet. And why I really wanted to do this is just to, to have fun with it, make keep it light, keep it funny and kind right. of ridiculous and over the top, man. You know, bro, right, right. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's really a market for that. And let me explain. Here's what I sit and think about shit a lot, right? And I think what happens is you, all right. So there's a group growing up. I don't know how you were with jocks, but fucking jocks. They've always been. All right, I'm not gonna make a blanket statement say jocks suck, but sure. Jocks always had the jocks always had the physical fitness group, right? They were always like physically, and then we had the horror people and the the nerds and the sci-fi kids, and they weren't physically active, right? Right. And I didn't know. I, I think their aversion to physical fitness was that the jocks were like that, you know. Uh, and and jocks hated the, you know you know the whole back and forth. Jocks hate the nerds. Nerds hate the jocks. But then guys like you come along. Guys like me come along, and like. Listen, man, you can still like this shit and still be physically active. And you're not a jock, man. You're not a jock. I'm not a jock, but I love being physically active, you know? And I think that's a great thing to do to, to, to add, to give inspiration to dudes like, you know, the people are into the silly shit that we are into, you know? And, and don't take this shit. Don't fucking, don't put on your Nike fucking garbage and go, you know, acting all tough. You can you can goof around and have fun. It's it's a fun thing and it's a lifetime thing, man. Like it's it's not like what I do now. I, I I'm never gonna stop and I don't plan on it. It's just who I am. It should be in you. Um, and it, and 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 it's inspirational to be. You don't have. I don't want to repeat myself, but yeah, I think what you do is great. And I think, uh, dude, I. I Go to a fucking convention. Go to Fangoria. I, I think you should go to like a Fangoria convention or a chiller, chiller theater over there. They used to have that in Jersey. We go fucking, we do conventions on the East Coast, but I really want to do. I really would love to do one out, out your way sometime soon. Uh, would be dude, you're welcome anytime. You're welcome anytime. Oh, well, I yeah, fucking we'll hook you up. Right? After this COVID shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah there's cool. a Monster Palooza. There's a good one, a Monster Palooza. Uh, oh, I know. If about you ever it. heard of that one? Oh yeah. Yeah, that I've been to that one. Um, yeah, one of the guys I used to work with, he directed um, Phantasm Five, the the Ravager movie. Oh, um, we love that movie. Yeah, Dave Hartman. Yeah, he's a yeah, interesting. He's a great guy. Dave Hartman is a fucking. He's if you follow the art of Dave Hartman, he's a big. Yeah, he writes his music. He's a big guy, man. Oh, Dave's dude, that'd be guy. that'd be cool to talk to him for sure. We'll. Uh, we'll oh, I could I could definitely hook you up. Yeah, great. fuck yeah. I'll hook you up with him. He's not a physical guy, but he's definitely yeah. knows his horror. Like he's he's yeah. I'll definitely give you his digits, please, bro. And uh, yeah, you know, let's talk a little bit before we get out of here about your about your animation because that's what really would interest me and you too is that you work. You know, we mentioned it a few times, but uh, you're in LA right now working on some Netflix shit and doing do you've been doing it mm -hmm. for quite a while. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I've always I've always so you know I was always an art draw the kid that drew. You know, monsters. Yeah. I remember loving dinosaurs. I'd always draw T-Rex's blood coming out of my mouth. I used to make all models, like horror models. I had every one of them. I drew dinosaur. I had dinosaur models. I always drew blood. I always painted blood coming out of their mouths all the time. <laughs> every T-Rex yeah. model or 
a fucking triceratops with blood coming out of his mouth, whatever. So I was always into that kind of stuff and I'd always draw it. And then uh, I, um, when I finished high school, which I, I graduated in summer school, I, I was not a good student. Although I, fair, I, th- I feel I'm fairly intelligent. Uh, I just didn't apply myself, um, which is fine. Uh, and, and I, uh, I, I, went, <laughs> I went to uh, uh, regular four-year school. I went to Pittsburgh. Well, I went to community college and I went to a four-year school. And I was going to become an art teacher. And all my classes were like learning about the masters and doing all this art history, learning and, and application of art theory and all this. It was just so boring to me. And I'm like, I just want to, I'd like to do art. You know, it's kind of like, anyway, I, I, I remember after my third year of uh, post high school uh, uh, learning, I, I went to my dad, I found out about the, an ad in the in the comic book about the Joe Kubert school in Dover, New Jersey. It's all comic book art. It's a trade school. It's only three year. You just get a certificate. It's no, it's not a degree. And uh, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I, I'd really like to go here. And he his, he said to me, he says, uh, so you want to draw monsters for a living? And I, was like, I don't know. Yeah, kind of, you know. And then he was cool. He let me go, and that changed my life. Right. So. Sick. It was, it was a tough school. It started out, I think we started out with like 125. Next year, we had like 50 people. The graduating class of 1990 is when I, was it 90? Yeah, 90. I graduated in 90 and it was 11, 12 people Twelve people graduated that year. Uh, and it, it just trained you. And you were taught by actual comic artists. You know, Hubert was one of the teachers. Anyway, uh, and then I, I got out of there in 90 and it wasn't until 96 that I got a call from a friend who started working out here in animation. And he says, Hey, you want to do a test to get onto Jumanji? I did. And they accepted and they said, all right, uh, can we, let's hire you. We're going to, you know, can you be here tomorrow? I'm like, bro, I'm fucking on the East coast. They're like, well, can you be here Monday? I'm like, shit. All right. So I had to sell everything, just fucking go. And I slept on my buddy's fucking, uh, his, his, his floor and, and and I came out here and started working for Sony and then Sony Sony Animation was brand new at that time I mean they they did shows I, I rolled from Jumanji on to uh, I don't know I did all kinds of shit for them I did a episode of Godzilla and uh, Jackie Chan I did the first season of Jackie Chan well they were like oh you're a martial artist so you'd be great for this and uh, so I worked on that um, trying to think what else I did at Sony. I remember. Uh, That's all I needed to hear. Godzilla. Oh yeah, that was cool. Oh, so here's here's my so my follow up, my callback is that. Uh, the year my mom passed away was like 2017. My old community college that I went to. They contacted me. They wanted to give me this award for, and I I was terrible there. I I got D's. I did. I wasn't a good student, but I kind of. Succeeded in, I was a Hollywood guy now, right? I directed in, in Hollywood. And they said, you want to go out? You want to, we want to give you this award. It's like the highest award for an alumni. I'm like, are you sure? Did you see my grades? I'm like, yeah, yeah. We want to, I said, all right, cool. And they had this black tie affair. My mom was there. Uh, it was great. My dad was there, my, my wife and the kids. And I was the last guy to speak, you know, go up on stage. And I'm a, I'm a fucking dork. But I said, I said to him, I said, I told the story I just told you about my dad. I said, I remember when I, well, here's what happened. So 
I was, when I was working in, in California and I'm drawing, uh, my episode of Godzilla was, a, was the Shrewster. It was, a, it was a giant rat shrew that was in a sh uh, twister, like a hurricane. So the hurricane would come ashore and then this, it would stop and this big fucking rat thing was inside this. It was a shrew, shrewster. And I'm drawing this monster and then he's fighting Godzilla and I'm drawing this and I'm like, look, I'm drawing monsters for a living. That's now I'm getting paid. And I'm probably getting paid more than my dad ever got paid in his life. So when I gave that speech and my dad was sitting in the crowd, I said, you know, there was a time when I told that story right there. So, you know, my dad asked, are you going to draw monsters for a living? And I thought, yeah, dad, I drew monsters for a living. So it's kind of funny. My dad's a good dude. You know, so he's laughing oh, that's at it. awesome, bro. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'll tell you, I guess I can, I guess I can say. So I, my love is horror. I want to do, uh, me and my buddy have pitched horror uh, shows, uh, not getting picked up, horror and animation. I'd love to mix the two. Um, I did get an opportunity last summer to freelance on a new show that is being made by FX. Because um, I direct cartoons, right? But then I'll, I'll do freelance on the side. Um, and the one I was, um, so I, it was a, it's like a demon. Okay. I don't want to, wow, well, nobody's going to get in trouble. So it's, it's Danny DeVito's in it. Uh, Aubrey Plaza is in it. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a daughter. This girl is a daughter of Satan and a human. Cool. And she, when she hits puberty, she, uh, her powers come to be and, uh, it's, she's dealing with Satan and, uh, that's all I can say. Um, but it's, when that happens. it's, it's now we worked on, a, I, I worked on the pilot now, who knows if it's ever going to see the light of day, but it should be finished by now. Cause it was, uh, this was like last summer. So I don't know. And it's, if it airs, it's going to be on an FX channel and I can't really say the name, but it, it's a demon thing. Uh, but it's a comedy of all fucking things anyway. So I get the chance to work on a lot of cool shit, you know, like I I've drawn Spider-Man I've drawn, you know, uh, shit that I Scooby-Doo, you know, I've directed some Scooby-Doo. It's like stuff that I watched as a kid and it's like, grew up on holy that. shit. I grew up on it and I'm, I'm working on it. So that's, that's kind of fun. I bet that's super. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a big Rick and Morty fan. I don't know if I told you. So I, and if anybody is listening and they watch um, Solar Opposites on Hulu, that was such a, I was so happy to work on that. Uh, I was blown away because I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. And this is like the guy who Rick and Morty. And I directed two episodes of the first season. And my claim to fame was I directed the wall episode, which, if you haven't seen it, that's fine. But people yeah. will know if they have watched Solar Opposites and they know the Wall episode. It's it's uh, it's probably my not my swan song, but uh, the biggest thing I've done so far. Now, right now, I'm on a Netflix show, and I can't really say because I don't think they made a press release. But I'm directing it on this show. It's a uh, 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 starring a lot of SNL, uh, like the main. Let me think. Bob Odenkirk, you know. Better okay. call Saul. He's he's uh, he's a main character. He's a not a main character, but a, a, a regular. He's on every episode. Uh, Killer, man. That might be. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he plays. He plays like this is a hippie kind of guy named Feather. Uh, so that's kind of all I could probably say without getting sued. But yeah, a lot of SNL and Second City talent. But it's going to be on Netflix, and it will be it'll be very 
you're not going to miss it because it's, it's, it's Netflix. Yeah, I'm working for a company called Titmouse. Titmouse makes, uh, they made Metalocalypse. If you ever saw Metalocalypse. Oh, fuck yeah, of course. Fucking, yeah. that's the best, man. That, that show. Like, and, and what I love working for Titmouse is that they are artist-owned, artist-run company, you know? So, um, yeah, they're a, cool stock, dude. they're a great company. Yeah, so I, yeah, I'm that animation. Up. That's so cool, man. You're so cool. And needless to say, I'll link all that up so everybody can check you out and just tell me what we got to do to get a Death Comes Lifting animated uh, YouTube series going on. Just let, <laughs> let us know what's going on, and we'll yeah, we'll get some input about that. I gotta say, man, I was looking at some of the stuff you already have, and it's not bad. Like I'm like, that's not like, like I, I I judge that shit. Like I watch stuff with the director's eye, and some of the shit you have is not bad. Like I love that that's one true. shirt with the old the old woodcut looking stuff and I mean, obviously, and then your your Friday Thirteenth shit. I mean. It's all really nice stuff. Like it's, it's artistic. You got an artistic eye already, or someone, someone over there does has an oh, artistic eye. Because it comes from this brain, unfortunately. I, I have nice. to take credit for that. But uh, I, but like you, yeah. I wanted to go to art school. I never went to college, but I wanted to be a, go to special effects school or art school, and never, never. Mm -hmm. out. But I had the same aspirations: just make monsters for a living. So I'm kind of yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I'm still getting, there's still ways to learn. Like I'm only still fucking learning, man. I'm you, oh, that's another thing. If I could leave you with anything, it's just not never stop. Like I just learned, I just taught myself. I went through a bunch of tutorials and taught uh, an animation program called Harmony. I just dug through the internet. Now I'm going to learn After Effects. I'm teaching myself After Effects. It's just another, pro, you know, it's just another uh, effects oh, yeah, uh, program. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, you can find like online just search and you'll find shit uh and then uh yeah i'm learning myself spanish i've been learning myself shit teaching myself for almost two years now i mean just never stop like always there's always shit to learn like that's what grew in asana so i've actually sat down with the guy like that's where i get a lot of my uh, shapes my world like a lot of martial arts stuff shapes my world and, and guru dan is like one time we traveled to this uh, muay thai camp in in, in washington state um and I got to fly with them and then rent a car and hang out. And, and uh, there was some shit dealing with uh, some ranking that he was involved with. But he hates the drama. And it's like, like I do, like most men seem to hate drama. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he was like, they were talking about rank. And he's like, look, I don't want to deal with any of this. I just, he goes, my favorite thing to do is strap on a white belt and just know nothing and train. And that, it's so right. Like, that's kind of the way you feel. If you can get rid of your ego and don't come into a situation where you're like, I fucking, your is already full, right? That's one thing that Bruce Lee would say, like, empty your cup. Empty your cup. Like, you're already like, I know all this shit. You know, what are you going to show me? No, go in and say, I know nothing, bro. Of course. Uh, yeah, that's the way I do. Bro, if I'm, I walk into this Muay Thai gym, the gym I just was in, walk into that Muay Thai school after I been training since 93 or something like that in Muay Thai I walked into it last year I act like bro teach me I don't you know let's see what you got and I don't you don't come in with the attitude you know bro just leave your ego at the door it's the same but it's so true because you know? you're never gonna learn yeah you're never gonna learn you're gonna be a fucking douchebag it's the best so. way to learn it's the best way to approach conversations you know if we have yeah. this conversation with i know everything about anything this dude already has to say then what kind of conversation would we have you know exactly yeah and i look at that with training too i mean if there's a new way granted you know we probably have 
definite opinions on works and what. Oh, I gotta say, I love CrossFit. I don't know why I got thrown that in there. I, I you know, trained CrossFit quite a bit, and I, and and it's a great, great system. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm certified, uh, and I and I didn't. Yeah, I know you're certified level one, but I I didn't um, find out. I didn't train CrossFit until know, well, five years ago or something. I fell in love with it. So it, there's always new shit you can learn, you know. Uh, so don't think you you got it all. You know what I mean? And I'll say that way with martial arts too, dude. There are people up until the '90s, people think their martial arts are always badass, and then the Gracies come along with a splash of cold water in people's faces, and they're like, "Oh fuck, we got to learn groundwork now too." You just can't. You got to empty your cup, bro. I love it. Oh man. Yeah, man. We're definitely going to stay in touch. The Lifting Dead Army will definitely be hearing from you. I hope we can work on something together in the near future. But uh, yeah, and let me add, let me add. I love. I, I listened to your to your uh, Dio uh, Aussie thing, yeah. Black Sabbath. <laughs> You're right. It's apples and oranges. They're both great. I understand the the the, the Dio speaks about you know the distant realms and all that, and he gets a little more uh, medieval on his shit. Yeah, they're both they're kind of like it's kind of like the Maiden thing. You know, they became two separate bands, but they're both got their great merits. I don't come down either side. Uh, there's times when I'm in the mood to listen to uh, Mob Rules or, or, or Heaven and Hell. Then there's times I fucking kick out, you know, uh, Master of Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath or something. But uh, let me ask you, what's their best? What's their best uh, Ozzy era album? Sabotage is my favorite one of all time. OK, yeah. <laughs> No, no. I dig it. I dig it. And next to close seconds, master reality. Just because how do you beat okay. that? You know? Yeah. Go, I can't, it's sabotage, master reality, self-titled first album for me is my top two. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I heard you saying you read that you read that book and you know your shit. And uh I didn't read the book. I I it's called Iron Man. It's uh you learn a lot from that one. But that was the first hey, did you it was the first time what? It was the first time what? First time anybody ever beat me to the what's your favorite Sabbath album question. So I respect that, man. I was going to get to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did you hear um, Iomi's um, something with Glenn, Glenn Hughes? And I looked for it recently. Uh, there's an album called Fused. And it was, uh, you yeah. know, Glenn Hughes. And, and um, I could, it's not on iTunes. I don't even know if it's on Spotify, but it was, I remember. YouTube. You got a YouTube. It, it is. It is. It is. But it's it's a solid album. You know, it's more like you know rock and roll. It's that's but uh, anything. I mean, it's fucking great. But uh, yeah, no, I I, I uh, yeah, that's my that's my jam. I, I apples and oranges, man. Love Dio. Love. I I told you I in my email I went to see Dio's uh, uh, hologram tour, which is fucking bizarre. I'll tell you what was cool though. Here in LA, uh, and you know. I love We Rock and oh, yeah. like solo shit. And then he did some Sabbath, but the hologram doesn't move. You know, he, he kind of puts one leg up on some block or some shit. But what was really cool is that like if a guitar solo comes on, like he would disappear in a wisp of flame. And that was mind blowing. Like, is he, you're not, you know, obviously he's not there and you don't feel like he's there. Of course. But his hologram just goes like fucking flames and then it, the flames come back and it forms him again. That was cool seeing Dio That's like that. Is, yeah. Dio has this, uh, Dio has a uh, rock for a bowl, wait, what is it? Bowling thing out here. Like I'm a stone's throw right over this hill here is the Hollywood sign. Like I'm on, I'm in Burbank, right? So there's the hill here and on the other side is the Hollywood sign. But right, so I'm right, I'm like a 10 minute drive from Hollywood 
And right when you get over in Hollywood, there's this uh, Hollywood Bowl, not the Hollywood Bowl, but Hollywood Bowling. I, even though the Hollywood there's a bowling place and they have like, uh, what the fuck they call it? Like, not metal. It was like a guest. It was a night where musicians just show up and start jamming. So you didn't, you didn't know. Like, people would just pop in. Like, it's crazy. You know, you'll have your hair metal band, which I fucking hate the hair metal. But you have like hair metal guys show up from the, or, or who, you know, it's crazy. So, but they have this uh, rock, uh, deal rock for can uh, against cancer or something like that every year and i haven't gone i was planning on going this year and then covid came in uh but uh yeah it was we, it was a big loss and deal was going man deal was, i think you once said he was like the best vocalist in metal our be best vocal metalist and i, I agree wholeheartedly Absolutely, man. nobody had his pipes man. nobody had his pipes he has missed at his size and demeanor for sure but what is yeah. what is your favorite black sabbath album I have to ask. That's the final question. You know what? Like, it, it, now this is, I'm not going to go old. I, I, I'm not going di to differentiate and Theo. Like, I like them both. But I, I do, I tend to, like, single songs, I'll, I, I, I go for, I'll pop on, you know, Ozzy, you know, like anything, you know, fairies wear boots or whatever. Little, little side trivia, let me explain this real quick. The first time I ever heard of a, a, a Walkman, right? Those are big things back then. You never, when you used to sit and watch out and listen to albums when you were a kid, you were stuck. You were tethered to your fucking stereo. So you'd have to sit there and look at your album, which was great. You'd look at your album. That's how I used to listen to my metal, right? Yeah. But then when I first got my first Walkman I had, right, with the fucking puffy ears and the, and the put a cassette in, my dad bought me the first Black Sabbath album on cassette, like for $4.99. And I got it for Christmas. So I remember a rainy Christmas day. I don't know what year it was, popped it in and I listened to the fucking the rain and the bells and the first track for the first set. Dude, I was blown because I'm walking down the street and I'm like, I'm hearing music as I'm walking. You don't know what a mind blower that was. Like that wasn't a thing back then. So I'm like, I'm not attached to my fucking. It was like, like orgasmic, bro. It listened to Sabbath. So so that song, that one always gets was their first album I fucking dig. But if I, if I, to be perfectly honest, if I were to just pop on an album right now, I, I usually go heaven and hell or mob rules for some reason. Like it's just I, each, I don't know, something about those two, like they always get me. I um, get it, bro. I get it. There's not a wrong answer to that question. That's, that's, the yeah. That, yeah. Well, if you say technocracy, then I don't know, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. But even then, okay. I'll respect it, whatever he said. <laughs> no, but there's good shit, too. There's good shit. I'm, not, I'm just saying. Uh, We're doing uh, Born Again tomorrow is on the New York. Oh, no uh, kidding. Ian Gillen. Yeah, that's good. That's on tomorrow, Sabbath Sunday podcast, which is conveniently timed that so it fell on Easter. So that I'm looking forward to doing that. Oh, kind of ironic. Right on. Did you, what'd you think of 13? I it's think. Cool. Like, I think it's yeah, cool. right? Fuck yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, this is derivative. Like, oh, I see you just grabbed this riff, but you kind of tweaked it a little, but I didn't mind. I, there's no bad Sabbath riffs and it's yeah. by the guys. So you saw them on that tour, right? Yeah, man. It was great. I, um, yeah. And they did exactly what they needed to do. You know, that's, of course. Yeah. That's a great show. I got to say, I was in contact with Jack Osborne. We were kind of a email, uh, buddies for a little bit. I mean, I, he gave me his like personal, uh, um, personal, uh, facebook name like it's not his name but course, it's yeah. a, a name and we we're kind of hooked up there because and he offered me if i promoted 
something he was into, I think it was for MS, was when he first diagnosed. And if I promoted that on my mustache man shit, like he'd give me, he'd let me go see. He says, yeah, if, I, if you promote this, you can like, you know, Sabbath anywhere you want. I'll get you tickets. Oh, I promoted I, I promoted it for him. But then I was like, eh, I don't want to hit him up. Like I, did, I never hit him up. I never called in the favor, you know, seen Sabbath. like I, I just seen him and I was like, wow, maybe I can go see Sabbath like at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, and then I I did. I think I think that concert may have been canceled because he, it was when his cancer came came around or something. I think he had to cancel that show. So. Sure. Anyways. But yeah, I was kind of. Yeah. That's kind of communicating with Jack Osborne for a little. That's cool, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, any connection to Sabbath is welcome on this podcast, man. We appreciate it. We appreciate yeah. you, man. You're an inspiration. You're a wealth of knowledge. We want to have you back on again and talk a little more. Yeah. Trade, talk a little more stuff, but we're definitely Anytime. staying in touch, man. I got ideas for you. You're you're part of the team. Yeah. Here, bro. Good. Proud of it, bro. Hit me, me up. Too. Me too, man. Hit me up, and if you and, and when this COVID. Dude, hit me up. We'll fucking, we'll go bang out. We'll go hang out in L.A. We'll go. That's I'll cool take you to the sites. Done, yeah. done, bro. Good town. A lot of good gigs out here. You know, I'm, trust I'm me. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Once COVID lifts, I'm in, bro. All right. Yeah. Hey, Don't lose my number, man. Bro, I, I got you. Yeah. I'll, I'm gonna text you after this. All right. Right on. Take care of yourself, man. Thank you for your All time. All right, Zach. All right, man. Hey, buddy. Peace.